All right, welcome in. Saturday, the 24th of December, 2022, Christmas Eve. Hitting up a solo cast number two. Yeah, it feels like there's an echo in here. I'm just hearing myself, so at any rate, I hope this finds you all well. I, I hope you all tune in and appreciate a little bit of a recap here. I, I guess the primary goal of this podcast today would be to keep the train going and, and keep sort of a, a bookkeeping, if you will, for us here and have somewhat of a, a liturgy of MMA for the year, MMA in, in our hearts and minds. And for those longtime listeners and also first-time listeners, you'll know that I'm very invested in the sport, both with my bets and with my enthusiasm and following it along, but also my good friend, someone I frankly wouldn't be doing this without, it's Tucker Lutz. And with that in mind, I had a great year with Tucker. I want to spin it here and start it off by saying I really appreciated him letting me come on the show and jarble and jangle together some bullshit and, you know, just have myself be known over the airwaves. It's a very humbling experience hearing from everyone at the gym and everyone in our respective personal lives having tuned in. For those who still listen, we appreciate you. For those who have listened, we appreciate you. We appreciate all the feedback and everyone approaching us and just making it something of our lives. And it's been a tremendous routine. So as we get to the close of the year, I, I wear my fatigue in my voice. I, I wear the stress maybe on my shoulders, but nevertheless, you know, it was a grateful year in having this podcast and being able to do these type of things. So I'm extremely grateful with that in mind to Tucker. I'm going to throw a, a quick plug here, tuckerlutz.com. Some really warm hoodies. He's got a really nice clean work hoodie up there. Who's kind enough to throw me one of course the the crew neck and some of the tees i would say just planning ahead for what we hope comes soon is a warm season but definitely check it out i believe it's item code or rather promo code top gun at checkout Uh, so so check that out please and you know support our boy man the the dream is real and he's getting after it and so are we slowly but surely on this podcast so i guess i'll start by saying it was a great year in that the inauguration of this 30 episodes in now the second solo cast but also what i i really appreciated was just the flow how again every week there was something to look forward to shooting the shit about fights shooting the shit with my very good friend i mean it's something that was warm in my life and i i hope to continue to welcome as a regular this next year but before we get into that and some of the juice for this episode i would say would be some three awards here for the year and, and sort of curtail it towards, again, things I enjoy, things I look for. So three awards that Obes would be picking this year. Your your own Evan Obligan, a.k.a. Slob Goblin, Obes, Kevin Blobigan. I've been known by many names, but can call me Obes for the purposes of this podcast and for my MMA takes and in general just following along with maybe this persona that I'm trying to meld here between an authentic self and someone over the years got three awards here i want to say the now known the people who came up and and put themselves on the map previously you know maybe unknown and i'm not so much focused on the ranked folk here i'm not so much focused on the alex Pereira of the world and those who really came up you know shavkat rachmanov someone who is well known but maybe not necessarily pushed as much and not someone like gamrot or Sarukian, who's in the who's who of the elite now. 
I'm talking more, and we'll get into that shortly, but of those who might have had a good year this year with their wins, with their outings, being able to convert both with good fortune of having opponents who didn't pull out and last-minute replacements and things of that sort, but also, too, someone who took the most of their opportunities and made a name for themselves. So we'll get into those as the now-known. Award number two is nice to have known you and be a brutal finish. And, and I think that there's a number of those <laughs> that we could get into. I'll, I'll keep that one brief because my third one, which I'm most excited to talk about, is a rough and tumble matches. And the ones that bloody, spew a lot of guts, just kind of a, a mess of a fight. And, and there were so fucking many this year. And there's no way to describe them other than just going in a little gory, a little gruesome. So... The latter end of that show, we'll close with that. I'll touch on some of my favorite parts from the fights this year. After all, that is something I go in week to week, as I mentioned, and something I have a lot of passion about. But yeah, going to just keep plowing ahead through the awkwardness of talking to myself here for maybe 20 minutes, and hope you all made it this far. Again, much respect to all the listeners out there, and I'm really enjoying doing this every week. I hope you guys are enjoying tuning in when you have time. So... With the three awards, we're going to do the now known. I'm going to rattle off a few here and and get some quote-unquote contestants garnered, but I'll come over the top with my real pick here. We'll call this section the honorable mentions. I've got to give some shine here to Vanessa Demopoulos. Maybe not as a well-known fighter, but I believe it was two big wins on the year for her, two for two, Uh, jumping in the typically color commentator's arms upon the post-fight interview. Very outgoing personality, Decent grappling skills, definitely trying to make a name for herself and, and had a good 2022, so salute. We have Fresh Prince, two for two this year, Phil Rowe on KOs. I know one of them most recently was over someone who hadn't been back in a while, Nico Price, been struggling with a knee injury, and Phil Rowe just took his time. And again, he put something together where now he's on maybe the outside looking in for the top 15 for welterweight division if he hasn't cracked it yet. But he's solid as a rock, man. He had a good win over Jason Witt. That's three KOs in a row now coming off that loss to Gabe Green, who now with his new vision and everything to be said about him, he's still a gamer. I very much put him up there. You know, I I think that fight with D-Rod was very close, very competitive, despite D-Rod out-muscling him. And... To Gabe Green's credit, even though he lost to Ian Gary, same sort of thing. This is some higher-level competition. Gabe Green isn't quite top 20, but again, some of these guys are outside looking in, and some of them are really in the up-and-ups. Some of the now-knowns, you got to give some shine here, looking back at the year, to Nato, now money, money Moicano. I, I love Moicano's motor, his capacity in the RDA fight, to not quit in that fifth round when by all intents and purposes, he was out of there. He was done. And he put up a fight that fifth round against RDA. If memory serves, might have even stole that round. But a very impressive year for him. Some great finishes. Finished off the year on... on And the RDA fight, for what it's worth, was short notice for Nato Moicano. Here is one of the honorable mentions for the now-known awards for the year. Hanato Moicano, I thought, had a great win. A great win over Alexander Hernandez, who, yes, unfortunately ended the year on a loss to Billy Q. But his win most recently being Money Moicano over Brad Riddell. 
Brad Riddell may have a penchant to be subbed in the first round, as we've seen now against Turner and Moicano. But Moicano looks sharp at 55. He definitely makes the most of his mic time, newly learned English, and he's tremendous out here in lightweight. I'd love to see him make a run in the ranks, similar in lightweight, but far more grandiose in stature. We'll get into him more later, but what a year for Armin Sarukyan. My goodness, he's someone to look out for. Similarly, at a weight class below, JSP rattled off a good year this year. I believe he had three wins. Um, I believe it was one over Christian Rodriguez, Makwan Amir Khani by way of finish. Both those two were finishes. And Darren Elkins, <laughs> one I would also put in the maybe rough and tumble matches is with a lot of blood coming out of that one. Uh, but I will give my winner this year for the now known and the Talking Rounds podcast awards, say first annual, I don't know, um, is Jack Della Maddalena. No surprises there. I've talked about him on the podcast before. Three name Jack. Three KOs, uh, I believe this year. And he's just doing it in the first round, making it look easy. He continues to get fights booked. He's got a charming personality. Three in a row this year over Pete Rodriguez, who, as we remember, went on to finish your boy, Mike Jackson, the truth. Uh, no truth in that. But Ramazan Ameev, another KO, and Danny Roberts, another KO, all within the first round. He's got to be up there. For now, I put him in my winner of the now-known category. He's most certainly going to make a break here into the welterweight top 15. Tremendous, tremendous year for three-name Jack-Jack Della Maddalena. Plowing ahead to the nice-to-have-known-ya categories for the brutal finishes of the year. I'm going to throw a few off the dome here. It's kind of crazy the hype at the time and then successive maybe forgetfulness of that KO by Michael Chandler over Tony Ferguson sent him to the shadow realms. My goodness, that was one that is going to stand the test of time in terms of brutal KOs. I will also say that in terms of people who've been able to get it done, similar to Jack Della Maddalena, we've seen a surgence here of Drew Dober with brutal KOs. He had potentially one for the year, you could argue, with the Bobby Green one most recently when he finished Terrence McKinney. That, to me, has stock of being round of the year. That, that round one was bad shit, even though it didn't make it the full distance. But my goodness, those three finishes were impressive. There were a number of just silly wild KOs. Molly McCann spinning back elbow. Uh, I would say Patty's KO was definitely, again, a higher eyes on it sort of thing, similar to maybe Topuria, who flattened Jai Herbert. I, I mean, there were so many in contention this year. It goes without saying that the one that we are obligated to give this victory to and perhaps... The, the biggest storyline of the season in terms of MMA of this year was Kamaru Usman being dethroned in the fifth round. Head kick by Leon Rocky Edwards. Headshot. Bang. Over. And Kamaru, for those diehards out there, not only was winning that fight, but was just on a tear. Really doesn't lose rounds. I mean, when he loses rounds, it's either to Colby or in a very, I'd say, competitive aspect towards Gilbert Burns. I believe he lost one. The first round with Rocky Edwards was not also a successful one, but 
I mean, similar to maybe his his foot stomps, not to say it in a discriminatory way, but he's just chipping away, fight after fight after round after round. And really impressive to have seen Usman's reign, 15 in a row, ended one shy of Anderson Silva's record of 16 wins in a row in the UFC. So that record will remain, and for now, the king at welterweight, curious to see how we spin it forward into 23, is Leon Rocky Edwards. <laughs> a shock to everyone at home, shock to everyone watching. That fight was putting most folks to sleep. Couldn't imagine the live odds on it. Couldn't imagine the pop from Edwards' home crowd, from his beloved, from his family, from those who cherish him dear. He got that done, and, and that, to me, really deserves the tip of the cap. That, for this year, is going to be our nice-to-have-known-you brutal finishes. Uh, but but let's get to the, the rough-and-tumble matches, as mentioned earlier. was something I was really looking forward to, to chopping into. Who's going to win that award this year? I think... In the essence of this award, we might need to have two subcategories. One being, you know, look, what was that fight that was bad shit? What was that fight that was back and forth, that really had it all, that had live action? And what were the fights that maybe were a little more one-sided? And in the essence of calling it as I see it, I would say the Rockhold Paulo Costa fight was a one-sided affair. You could see yourself... I think most people, maybe whether you're a fighter or just someone like myself who's an enthusiast, could see themselves in Luke Rockhold saying, fuck, I don't want to get hit in the face again. I'm sick of getting my ass beat. And he really was. But he was doing these 360 spinning wheel kicks to the body and doing this array of techniques and ended the fight on top of Paulo Costa somehow surviving, pouring blood onto his face, wiping it in, really making a mess of things, even though he was 30-27, maybe at least the commentator team called it a moral victory, I think more than anything else. I looked at that and I thought to myself, wow, that's a guy who went out on a shield, who really left it all in the cage, and certainly deserves to be on the honorable mentions for the Rough and Tumble Matches Award for Talking Rounds. I would also say in terms of the bloodiest wins, you have to include the Elkins that we mentioned earlier. His defeat most recently to JSP, he put it on him. Another slobber knocker for the year, I would say, honorable mention to say the least, would be the G-Rod, the Gregory Rodriguez, Vichitti, and Jokuani fight. That one had it all. It was back and forth. There was like a third eyebrow coming out, sort of a unibrow-looking thing for G-Rod. I've never seen I've never seen a head cut like that with the fight allowed to continue. And we're glad it did because it had a lot in store for everyone who tuned in. Another slobber knocker was with uh, Todorovic, Dusko Todorovic, most recently versus the Beverly Hills Ninja. We covered that on one of the podcast episodes. A little more recency bias there. I think, in my humble opinion, the and, and two, we mentioned the, the Dober Terrence McKinney round one. I would say on the side of a total ass whipping someone who really went out there and said look i'm gonna impose my will on you i'm gonna make sure that this is gonna be a 10-7 type of round it was early in the year armand sarukian versus joel alvarez at the time i looked at joel alvarez as just a a dog and a dark horse at lightweight and uh just ridiculously oversized for that weight class elfie nomino 
and he has a fight coming up, I believe, in February as well versus Zubaira Tukadov. Let's hope that fight doesn't get canceled. Zubaira has been in a slew of cancellations recently. And this will be Joel's first outing since, and I don't think anyone was looking him back sooner because this one-sided beatdown was probably the most bloody fight I've ever seen. It was some kind of brutality, one-sided win of the year for rough-and-tumble matches. That one, to me, takes the check mark. So we have sort of a, a 1A and a 1B in this category uh, for winners. That 1A is, to me, going to go to what was the ass-whooping of the year. And I would say, without a doubt, Armand Sarukian put an ass-whooping on Joel Alvarez. One-sided beatdown, brutal to watch. Might have lost a quart of blood. Now we'll go to what I would say are truly the back and forth affairs. And there are a few really crazy ones. Again, the G-Rod one definitely falls under that category. Uh, oh, I, I neglected to mention the Holloway-Volkanovsky fight. That was a bit of a one-sided affair as well. With an honorable mention going to just Volkanovsky. Straight out Butchering Holloway. I believe round two is when he opened him up and he just started to land volume and continued to win rounds. I believe the fight was 50 to 44, something in that family. Really went out there and put it on him. Great year for Volkanovski as well. But let's go here to what I would think, without a doubt, is the most bad shit fight of the year. And it would have to be Clover versus Yuri. I wanted to lead with this one at the start of the show. In terms of my memories for the year, this is one of my favorite fights ever. Now, I've heard a slew of detractors of this opinion say, look, specifically Anthony Smith, UFC light heavyweight division, say, look, this wasn't a great night for either guy. Glover didn't look at his best. Yuri didn't look at his best. The techniques were not there. It was a sloppy fight. It was a slobber knocker. It was as this award section dictates a real rough-and-tumble fight. So I think it very much falls under this category, whether or not, as we've talked about once in the podcast before, you want to call this the most competitive fight of the year, um, the most, let, let's say, convincing for, wow, number one fight of the year. It, it might not be in everyone's book, and that's okay. My two cents here is that this was a batch of crazy fight from pillar to post. Both guys were almost finished over a dozen times in different positions both by KO by submission by advancing position on top and on bottom I mean some of the techniques especially in that fifth round when he ended up coming back and Yuri closed the show on what again by all accounts was really not that I can't say skillful I mean just by the books rear naked choke he didn't have hooks in you know it wasn't the most technically sound let's say submission attempt but it got what what the aim was, which inevitably was a finish, and to win the fight, which he probably needed that fifth round to win. I don't think he got it prior to that point with 30 seconds left clutching it out. That fight to me will live on in infamy. I could talk about that fight all day long. I watched it again recently. Tremendous, tremendous. There were unfortunately a lot of, I would say, fights this year that, Ended sooner than they should have. The Ortega one comes to mind. Similarly, the Tom Aspinall versus Curtis Blades, that one got cut short. Can't maybe call it get cut short, but the Rockage fight versus Blokovich, that one was really getting cooking in the third round. We just turned it over on the grill, and it was starting to sear. And then Rockage with a freak knee injury. We saw a few too many of those this year. 
Yeah, there's so much to go into in terms of people who had good years and bad years. I thought a lot about how to structure this show and whether or not I wanted to say, hey, look, let's hit on the best divisions this year. Let's hit on the best performances. Let's hit on some of the best shows. You know, I thought that UFC London card in March was tremendous. I'm a little biased. I enjoyed the Columbus card that I went and visited with Flex this year. Shout out. And unfortunately didn't get to see Tuck on that one due to what is still yet to have been reported as for a valid reason from a late, incredibly late notice pullout uh, by his former proposed opponent. Will not be named on the show to give him shine nor sheen. Uh, at any rate, I would say that, yes, some of the stories from this year where the injuries was Charles weight miss and then successive victory. The bad shit crazy to get back to that for a moment of Poirier's every fight of Chandler's every fight. Uh, that Poirier Chandler fight had all the, the glitz and glam in that first round and all the pomp and circumstance and came out and hit it out of the park. And then similarly, there were fights and moments that didn't deliver vis-a-vis -vis Carla Esparza and Rose Namajunas. You know, Esparza's defense, a lackluster defense against Wei Li Zhang, who had a tremendous year. There's just a lot, I would say, that w was left on the table. Patty's most recent fight was really underwhelming. There were a lot of sort of fights cut short, that wrangled together card with Nate and Tony, with Kevin Holland and Cosmont, with the overweight. You know, this was supposedly the card of the year. I would say the card of the year was that London card, but the, at the time, the the overweight in, on this card, um, Daniel Rodriguez to fight, yeah, I believe, to fight sort of a catchweight fight versus the leech, Li Jang Liang, who was then robbed. A lot of shitty judges situations this year where judges, I would say, just weren't doing their job, again, as evidence in the Patty fight. I mean, there were a lot of moments, the Sarukyan and the... Uh, Gamrod fight showed as well in the middle of the year. While that was a tremendous fight, it's not to take any shine away from the athletes going out there. But the judging thing, as sort of an anecdote to this year, continues to loom large in discussions and continues to weigh heavily in the space in terms of they got to get that shit straight. They got to get that shit straight week after week, month after month. It's almost habitual to see these types of disagreements with the judges folks going to verdict mma and trying to figure out look who won this round who got the shine here did the right person get the hand raised we saw with sean o'malley Piotr jan we saw it with aljo and uh Piotr jan as well i mean there were a lot of close scorecards this year and a lot of times you saw the way of the judges leaning towards maybe the most promotable fighter maybe the most advantageous for the organization. Who could say? Who could say? Obviously, I'd be remiss not to mention that there was a huge episode with James Krause, and it transformed the lens on UFC betting, on sports betting. So these types of things, I mean, what are the narratives that you take away from 2022? What is the relevance of this year in the UFC space um, and, and really pushing UFC to, to more eyes, to more places, you know, is it the celebrity boxing that's really promoting it or is that taking away from it? Or is it these crossovers where whether it's Ben Askren or Woodley or, you know, just UFC alums going to Bellator, going to boxing, what is propelling the space forward and what is maybe holding it back? 
as we hinted at with the judging. My heavy sell here is put some fucking curse words on it. We have this show deemed as explicit. Certainly if you want to sprinkle in a little foul language here. I hope those offsprings who would be listening of a certain age and under of a certain age would have parental supervision and would, would not be going in this blind. But tell me that that wouldn't be the case when they'd be watching fights. People would be screaming and really getting into it. And my two cents is, if you're going to see that kind of brutality, you should know the language that is associated with it is just of that ilk. It is to be used at a certain time in a certain way. Again, going back to that Rockhold fight, you're telling me he wasn't cursing his ass off when he was getting hit in the face from Costa? Boracino was a dragon that night, going after him breathing fire. And he wore every bit of that damage, every bit of that fatigue. But they got through the fight, and we got through this year. I would say, too, it was just sort of a, a hangover as well of the post-COVID times. We can't even call post-COVID yet. We're still constantly hit with this thing. But... For those who are maybe equilibriating themselves to going out more, to doing more, to being around more people, to just putting the guard, to putting the mask, to putting the stress down and putting that BS away and getting focused on what you should be focused on the whole time, just living your life to your fullest. I say kudos to you all. I hope this podcast and this little session here, solo sesh, was enriching as are hopefully listen to us on the airwaves, the cool subtle sounds. I appreciate everyone as always. Thank you, Tucker, for a great year, man. Thank you for helping me, you know, get talking, get walking, and, and put some gusto behind my words in terms of UFC. Lord knows I have the passion for it, and I have the eyes for it in the sense that I really like what I see. <laughs> Maybe I don't have the most professional or, let's say, um, specific details down to a science, um, I'm not a technician, let's say, in terms of these and picking it apart and being someone like Luke Thomas or some of the other great ones in the space who can really pick apart fights and pick apart styles and know that styles make fights and that you need to identify that kind of stuff to be able to be not only clairvoyant but salient in your arguments about these fighters. So I'm learning as I grow and we're learning as we go as well. So cheers to everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening this long. Until next time, peace.